guilty soul condemned by shame hear mercy calling out your name his blood can cleanse your every stain bring your failures to the cross hello and welcome to the community bible church podcast where we are doing a chapter by chapter weekly discussion of the book gentle and lowly the Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers by Dane Ortland. My name is Matt Owen. I am the lead pastor here at CBC, and I am joined, as always, by Joseph Brader, pastor of worship and discipleship here at CBC. Joseph, what is going on today? Oh, not too much. What have you Normal. been doing today? What have I tell, been doing? Tell the people what your job is like. Yeah. Where you kind of just kick back and strum yeah, more or less, more or less. No, I try to invent new chords. <laughs> yeah, no new chords invented today. So it was really a lost day, a failure of a day. No, can you invent I, a new chord, or I, are they I all? Think so I think really, I it's think like math. Pretty much, it's just it is what it is. It actually, you know, music theory actually is math. Yeah. Okay. So you they they know all the possible combinations of chords. Okay. So you could maybe find a cool new way to voice it or something, but okay. even that has probably been done. Is it possible to sing two notes at the same time? Not that I'm aware of. I certainly can't do it. Mm. At least on a purpose. <laughs> and the people want to know. People... I'm asking the hard-hitting questions. You, you here. really, you really are. Yeah. Somebody's got to ask these you know... questions. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Someone does. You know, creativity though is one of those places that I think we feel the truth of Ecclesiastes that there's nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, you're always, honestly, you're always copying something else. Yeah. And that was one of the most freeing things I ever learned. There's a little book called Steal Like an Artist mm-hmm. that I read a few years ago. Um, and it was just the most freeing thing as as a creator of stuff. Because uh, you don't have to said, come up with something that's never and it's, been... And it's impossible. Yeah. No one is. No one's doing it. It's not, it's, it's not a Christian guy writing it. It's not a Christian book. Um, I appreciated it because I have like theological grounding yeah. for that. But anyway, now yeah. I'm waxing eloquent on something that has nothing to do with Does that mean I can just use other people's sermons? I would not heard, do that. I've heard that's a bad I, thing. I, it is a bad thing. Unfortunately, Although it seems like a fairly common thing. I'd pick some, <laughs> <laughs> I'd pick some yeah. better ones. <laughs> you know, we don't think it'd be so bad if you just yeah. go ahead and preach that person's sermon. Just, just credit them, and I think you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, that's that's what we do here uh, during the week. We give each other. We ask the hard questions. Yeah. And we get to the bottom. This is. I was about to say I'm like Larry King, but that's like a long time ago. That's a long, yeah, that's kind of out of touch reference. Larry King. Have you ever even heard of Larry King? I have. I think I watched him a couple times back in the day. Is there a new Larry King? Who asked, who's asking the hard-hitting questions right now besides me uh, in journalism? In journal, I'm not sure. Yeah. Maybe, I, it's, maybe it's just us. Yeah. Well, we are on Chapter 11 today. Uh, which is a discussion of the emotional life of Christ. And one of the things that Ortland does in this chapter is just points out several of the instances throughout um, the New Testament where we kind of get a peek at the emotional life mm-hmm. of Christ. And he references a, um, it's not a book, but it's like a, it's, a, it's like a, an, it's not really an article, but a, uh, a shorter thing that B.B. Warfield has written about the emotional life of our Lord, which I'll just say um, I used at our Christmas series this past year, and you can read online. It's it's free to read online if you want. 
um, that kind of delves into where we just get a little bit of uh, uh, the curtain pulled back and can see um, the emotional life of Christ. But one of the things that he does when he begins is he starts by talking about the permanent humanity of Jesus, which yeah. is, uh, the second person of the Trinity, which is, you know, maybe something that not everyone's thought about, almost like in our imagination, Jesus yeah. uh, is, is born, ascends, and then is, you know, goes back to his previous state. Yeah. Um, but his, per, his, his humanity is permanent. Uh, why does that matter? Why is that important? Yeah. Well, um, for a lot of reasons. One, that's like uh, the Bible will call, call his resurrected physical body like a first fruits of what's to come for us. Mm-hmm. So it secures for us a physical resurrection, mm-hmm. which offers tremendous hope. Um, there's significance in terms of his ability to be our, our mediator mm-hmm. um, theologically. Um, but in the context of the chapter and uh, the conversation about... Um, the emotional life of Jesus, uh, it's it's important because he still feels the things that he felt as a human mm. and feels them fully as a human. Mm-hmm. That's something that I had not really given any thought to ever. I hadn't either. So uh, just thinking the, in, the intensity of his uh, compassion um, that we see uh, people who are hurting or, or mm-hmm. him standing at Lazarus's tomb and yeah. weeping um, or the indignance that he had when his father's house was, you know, turned into a den of thieves. Yeah. Like all of that is, all of those, all of that is just as true today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know this because I've had, con- well, I've, I've had struggles with it in my own heart, but have had conversations even recently with people um, where dealing with Jesus's full humanity, like we, we want to acknowledge the theological accuracy of saying he was fully human. Sure. Yep. But we don't want to think too much about it. Yeah. Uh, And certainly when we're talking about the emotional, his emotional life, we might be, hesitant to acknowledge yeah. that yeah why are we like that why is that scary to us yeah um sometimes we we see emotions having emotions or at least expressing emotions as weakness okay and that scares us to that's see that, that weakness in personal Jesus. that you just said that yeah. Well, I mean, I, I say that as like an intensely I emotional. Like you directed that at me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no. That's not directed at you at all. Um, but, you know, we, we have that tendency, and I think there's like a cultural tendency in modern and postmodern West, mm-hmm. probably post Enlightenment Western culture, to see, uh, to really elevate the intellectual and to see the emotional as inferior or weak mm-hmm. um so we're we're concerned of ascribing weakness to jesus mm-hmm. but then i think too um okay, like in our, okay so emotions for some of us emotions equal weakness right and jesus couldn't be weak even though that's not right true there's a problem with that too yeah um, but okay okay go on i'm just i'm kind of putting it all out put it in like a category yeah, yeah. sure um, but then I think the the simple fact is that all of us experience all of our emotions in a broken, fallen way, mm. right? So mm-hmm. even even on our best day, 
our purest day, like our purest emotions are still tainted Mm -hmm. by sin. Mm -hmm. And so we can't conceive of of non-sinful feelings Mm -hmm. at some level. Mm -hmm. So it's impossible in that sense, I guess, for us to fully understand like the emotional life, at least experientially understand Mm -hmm. how how Jesus experienced emotion because he did it without sin. He has that Calvin quote um, in the chapter about that. Um, he says he experienced all the same emotions that we did with the exception of, mm-hmm. of sin. So I think our experience of sin makes it difficult for us to um, to conceive of Jesus having emotions. And so then we just kind of lock it in a, or, or close it in a drawer and lock it away. Right. We can only imagine it the way we experience right. it. Right. And then we kind of project. Yeah. And so if we're experiencing them tainted by sin, then <clears throat> we just have to throw the whole thing out. Yep. Exactly. And figure out how to have right. emotions in a nonsense. Right. <laughs> right. Because it's a lot easier to just do that. He must not have really had him. Right? I don't have to deal with him. Right. Do you think that we are maybe we learn this in a way that's caught rather than taught that emotions are inherently um, suspect mm. and perhaps even bad in a lot of ways? Yeah. Yeah, but I think it also, I mean, I think it is taught sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes okay. we catch it, but sometimes okay. we have actually been taught Mm-hmm. That emotions are, and how how do how do we get that? I think we go to um, we go to scriptures that say things like your heart is dis- is deceptive. Mm-hmm. De- 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 excuse me, uh, is deceitful above all mm-hmm. things, desperately wicked. Who mm-hmm. can know it? Um, and uh, and sort of like extrapolate from that. All feeling is bad, mm-hmm. and no feeling should be engaged with, much less trusted, much less whatever you know. Um. So I think I, I think that's where the at least the taught part comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the caught thing I'm I'm not sure. So on what you've just said, you know, dep- when we talk about the doctrine of depravity, mm-hmm. um, we recognize that it uh, it impacts every part of us. Yeah, but maybe sometimes it's applied to our emotions in a way that isn't applied to our minds. Hmm. Yeah, I um, think that's true. Whereas our our, our mental capacities that they feel like they're they're less touched by depravity than our emotions. Yeah, um, we're free to think much right. better than we are free to th- feel. To feel, yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. at least said. And I wonder if it, in a way that it's taught, um, or not taught, but I mean caught, is we we talk about not trusting our feelings. Yeah, um, not being controlled by our feelings, mm-hmm. and of course, we can't trust our trust our feelings and we can't be controlled by our feelings right but i feel like and there's i feel yeah there you go it seems to me <laughs> it seems to me that we can run with that uh and, and assume man if i can't if 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 i can't trust my feelings um then they're they're dangerous right sure they're a liability yeah and mm-hmm. And and that's not necessarily the case any more than any other part of us that's impacted by depravity. Yeah. Yep. Why do you think? Why do you are? Why do you think we are afraid to fully humanize Jesus? To go back to what I was saying, because we yeah. we want to affirm it. Yeah. But it seems like there's a fear mm-hmm. to really. Really, accept is the word. It's probably not the word I'm, sure. I'm looking for. I, I think I understand what you're what you're asking. What are we afraid of there? To just yeah to let to really let Jesus be fully human, mm-hmm. like we affirm. 
Yeah. <clears throat> I have an idea, so you don't have Do to have you? anything. I this I'm I'm not sure. This isn't this is the first time I'm thinking about this question at this level, which is which I told is great. That's the hard hitting. You do. Uh, that's a good. Yeah, you like Larry King from of old. Like Larry King from of old. Yeah. Uh, so you start, and I'll I'll let me let me stew on it a little. Well, um, to me, it seems like we're afraid if we think about as humanity too much that we. Uh, to do so, it comes at the expense of his deity. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at the ex, the more I, the more I latch onto the humanity, it 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 necessarily detracts from his deity. Sure. And sure. so, the one thing I don't want to do <laughs> is is be blasphemous. Yeah. Or yep. uh, I'm not sure, you know what what term I'm looking for, but take it lightly. Yeah, you know, take mm-hmm. him lightly, mm-hmm. and so it feels like if if we really ex- if we really accept his humanity, then I'm going to take him lighter than I should, or I'm going to be blasphemous towards him and detract from his. Yeah, I, I think that's one reason why we're myself and maybe other people feel so we're, we're just more comfortable affirming it, but not yeah. thinking too much about it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's true. Yeah, I I think I can mm-hmm. kind of feel that and remember that in myself in mm-hmm. different ways, you know. Yeah. Um, and then there's probably a sense, once again, of only being able to understand something through our experience, yeah. right? So our experience of being human is broken and sinful and all kinds of things. Um, and so almost almost inherently then the way that we conceive of anyone else's humanity, including Jesus, is through that lens. Mm-hmm. And we know that's wrong, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm literally just kind of shooting from the hip. Yeah. but No, but you're right. That's good. Um, so the last question that I want to ask is just, you know, let's, let's try to connect this to our day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. What difference does it make yeah. that the fact that Jesus has a deep emotional life, I think, yeah. uh, uh, he uses the phrase here, extensive depth of feeling. Mm. Okay, if that's true and we believe it is, he talks about, uh, unrestrained emotions of compassion. Mm. If, if that's true, what difference does that make to your Thursday? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it, it it helps me to believe the Jesus invitation to come that like that we keep talking about, come mm-hmm. weary and heavy laden, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because just thinking about it in terms of our relationship to other uh, other humans, people that we regard as maybe really non-feeling or not compassionate or whatever. Uh, like I'm not really drawn to them when I have a problem particularly, right? Like that's the last place I'm going. Mm-hmm. What do we say when um, when we're hurting or when we're uh, uh, struggling? We want someone who actually knows and understands and cares mm-hmm. about what we're feeling. Like they kind of experience the same things. Um, we want someone who's gentle, you know. Um, so that... Uh, it draws me to Jesus in mm-hmm. my need and in my struggle, right? Mm-hmm. To know that he's compassionate, to know that he has that sort of depth or extensive depth of feeling and compassion. Um, I think it changes the way that we interact with our own emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, I talked a little bit about this a few weeks ago, but one of the things that this book is really helping me to do is understand how, as a person who's wired very much as a feeler, not a thinker, um, understand how that's actually reflective of 
uh, of Jesus mm-hmm. and reflective of the image of God and how that is not something to be like outgrown and outrun to be more Christ-like. Because mm-hmm. I think I've spent most of my life, and this was probably mostly caught, not taught, but I think I've spent most of my life thinking I eventually need to work my way out of these kind of deep emotions um, in order to be more mature or in order to be more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. The opposite of that is true, right? So they need to be uh, tamed by the spirit, right? I can't be controlled by emotion, particularly sinful emotions. There's all kinds of mm-hmm. things that the spirit's doing to mold emotions. But um, but it's actually Christ-like to have deep feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, that's been super freeing for me reading this book yeah yeah and i'm i'm sure there are people listening who would be able to identify with that yeah mm-hmm. and and be encouraged by that as well i think uh one of the things that he says in the book is that uh he loves too much to be indifferent hmm. um, yeah and uh we develop I, I think probably we de- we develop what well, we ha- we all have emotional capacity, um, different levels of a different uh, levels of emotional capacity. Yeah. And one thing maybe everybody notices is that in a world where we're now connected to every tragedy that's happening anywhere in the mm. world, it does start to dull you to to things that are going on. Just, there's there's only so much I yeah have, that's true emotional output I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, if we're not careful, we almost become calloused because it's yeah. just, you know, every time you open Twitter, it's like the, this, this, this thousand things happen today yeah. in the, all these places in the world that are outrageous. That are all terrible and heartbreaking. They're yep. all awful. And you just, you just, you just scroll past it. Yeah. Um, and I think it helps to know that, that, uh, as an infinite person, he has an, an, an infinite emotional capacity. Yeah. And so the fact that all of us have issues and all of us, the brokenness is like, he's still able to give 100% of his compassion to every single situation. That's remarkable. Yeah, that is, that's incredible. And, and not just the compassion, but even at the end there, when he talks about, uh, anger. Yeah. And one of the things he says, there's two things he says here that really, uh, spoke to me as a person who, who can go to anger um, at least internally very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, let Jesus be angry on your behalf. Mm-hmm. And then he says, in that knowledge, release your debtor and breathe again. <laughs> yeah. And that is incredibly freeing to me. It's like, mm. oh, I could just let go of that. Yeah. <laughs> since yeah. mine is, since my anger is, is so mixed with unrighteousness anyway. Sure. And Jesus is going to do it perfectly. I guess yeah. let him let do him it. take care of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a constant tug of war because I'd like to have my own, my own rant. Yeah, sure. Uh, but that is that's incredibly freeing as well to know that he does, he is angered by injustice. Yeah. And but he can express it perfectly, and I can let go of something that's potentially very corrosive to me. Yeah. And let yeah. him handle it in a way that's not going to be corrosive to him because it's hmm. perfect. That's very encouraging to me on a Thursday, you know, yeah. just a Thursday in the middle of the week. Like yeah. this, this matters. We're not just talking about right, it. Right, right. Well, I'm sure likewise, as you just said, uh, as I was talking, I'm sure there are lots of other people listening who have that sort of same experience too, right? They're, they're different sides of, a, mm-hmm. of the coin. Um, 
but they're both important and there's lots of other people in our church who feel who experience both of those kinds of things yeah yeah well that's probably uh, where we should stop for today unless you have anything else you want to bring up nope all right well then we'll we'll stop it there uh, keep talking about it let me encourage you if you uh, if the, you're if you're between the services or after one of the services on a Sunday, uh, you're trying to figure out how can I make conversation? What are we going to talk about? Uh, ask somebody if they're reading the book. And if they are, yeah. you know, ask them what sticks out to them about what, what they've just read. Um, I'll close with, with Jesus's words again from Matthew 11. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Here we find your